Hi, today is January 10th. Welcome to the Theta Gang Podcast, the official podcast at ThetaGang.com. I'm your host, Juni, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions and anything said in this podcast and future podcasts should not be considered financial advice. I have stock positions in Apple and Boeing. Thanks. Alrighty, uh, to start off the weekly play section, I just want to go off and say uh, what the earnings are for this week. Nothing really much to report on besides uh, TSM reporting before Thursday, as well as Delta Airlines. Uh, and then before f- open on Friday, you have uh, three banks. You have Citi, Wells Fargo, and J.P. Morgan Chase. And as a disclaimer, as we kick off the 2021 uh, new year, we're still in the first month. Uh, if you did awesome last year, there's no reason for you to really tr- try and mess anything up. You should definitely continue trading like you have been. And if you haven't been playing earnings before, there's no reason to start now. If you got got last year and uh, you know, you're know you trying to switch things up this year, maybe not playing earnings can be part of your new plan. Uh, but don't let a stranger on the internet tell you what to do. It's just some anecdotal evidence that... I've gone through personally where earnings just felt way too binary, um, and even if it goes in the right direction uh, for you one time, it's not a repeatable thing that you can say do like ten more times on a consistent basis. It's a trade you can do, you know, once every quarter, so you could do that maximum of four times a year. And it's, there's just so much on the line where if it were to go wrong, it sets you back so far that your regular trading patterns have to. Uh, net you a much more of a positive result for you to end up positive for the year and uh, just to put that in layman's terms imagine if you lost you know just a measly you know i'm going wall street bets standards you lost a measly three thousand dollars for a earnings uh, call that you bought or earnings put if that goes wrong and just the price goes the other way that's suddenly three thousand dollars you need to make up uh, with your trading system that has to win for you to break even for the year, right? And having that sort of pressure will mess you up. It will make you do trades that you wouldn't do outside of your system. And it's going to also make you trade in a way where maybe you give up. Maybe you say, oh, I'm already down $3,000 for this year. I might as well just try to play other earnings to make up for it. And that's how the tilting starts. Tilting isn't very obvious um, for the person that's in the tilt. But um, from an outside perspective, as I'm talking about it right now, you can imagine saying like, oh, you know, that would never happen to me and, you know, I'm better than that. But and you might be true. It might never happen to you. But as long as you stay cognizant of these situations, it's going to help you a lot more in the long run. So earnings are dangerous. I've said that since like the beginning of the podcast and the beginning since, you know, when datingcom started. Um, Definitely play them for fun. And as like I understand that earnings are for fun. But if you're really trying to get better, earnings are not something that you uh, want to play, at least in the beginning, especially when you don't know how options pricings work. Okay, and with earnings out of the way, um, I thought I would give just my thoughts on the market in general right now um, before we go on to the rest of the episode. Um, I feel, and this is definitely just a feeling, this is not rooted in any sort of like evidence or facts, um, I personally feel that uh, the market is very bullish still, uh, despite the very scary Tuesday that everyone was facing. Uh, we've rebounded from that scary drop. Um, I don't know. It just seems like a scenario where people are con- going to be constantly referring to that drop, uh, and it will slowly climb from here. Um, it also seems like uh, EVs or electric vehicles are... Uh, the flavor of the month, or I mean, have been for the f- the flavor of the months. Uh, if we look back to November and December with Tesla, um, Tesla's valuation is insane. Uh, but it's also not something that I would go out and say, "Oh, you should go and sell that stock," uh, because if your cost basis is really good and if you have a sizable income. It might be just worth, especially if you are young, to hold the stock and double down in case if you know the stock starts dropping, or not double down per se, but like dollar cost average on the way down, um, because it's going to be very hard just to get a cost basis like you might have right now if you have a very good one for Tesla, um, because you know things go up, but they don't have to go down. Um, look at Amazon stock; I mean, it's just been on a tear. 
um, you know, ever since like the 1,000 somethings, uh, it's gone up to 3,000. Uh, there's many times where people were told to sell their Amazon stock in the thousands, especially right before uh, it hit the four-digit number. Same thing with Shopify. There's a lot of stocks that people will always tell you to sell, but if you can afford to, and if it's part of your plan, you can hold on. For example, one of my roommates has you know an X amount of shares of Tesla. It's a pretty sizable X amount of shares, and he asked me, um, yo, uh, Junie, do you think I should sell? And uh, I basically just said, uh, you know, because we're young, um, I probably hold on to it because I know his cost basis um, and it's really, really good. Uh, and if you don't have any better plays, then, you know, ha- keeping yourself with that much exposure to a stock that can continue going up is nice. But also because your cost base is so good, the risk reward you know doesn't seem enticing enough for you to close out that winning position right now um as for like as far as stocks go um you know there's no real profit trigger for you to take their 50 percent trigger doesn't make sense on stock because as you have a sizable income uh dollar cost averaging just nets you more equity that compounds better into your adulthood (laughs) and so um but you know it makes more sense for options where you know if you leave an option out too long especially a winning one it can turn into a loser Um, stocks if you have a great cost basis it's very hard for that to turn out to be a loser especially if you believe in the company and i'll never take that away from somebody um this was also one of the last points of my live stream uh last tuesday which was the biggest live stream ever there were like 40 people there that was crazy which is like exactly double of the average amount that we usually have so that was super sick i hope everyone's out there for the next tuesday but uh last tuesday the last point was basically um given from someone that asked uh, hey junie should should i sell my bitcoin and i i just basically said um you should be able to tell when you should sell your bitcoin um, and they even re- asked responsibly and saying, like, should I sell um, my Bitcoin and put the profits into your I- into uh, his IRA? And I said, even then, even, even when I'm so bullish and I'm so responsible in terms of like maxing your IRA, I'll never tell anyone to sell a position um, because they have a much different time frame and goal than I do. There's just so many other factors I don't know about this person and um, telling someone to sell their stock prematurely is not a good uh, way to uh, guide someone in the right direction, right? Then you're teaching them like, oh, you should listen to other people and all that stuff. But what you can do is tell them the stuff that you've been through maybe and what you might do personally, but saying that like, oh, you know, Bitcoin is a bubble, you should sell it. Oh, Tesla is in a bubble, you should sell it. Uh, because you don't want that person to have a like a vendetta against you, and that's why also like when it comes to friends, like you should never tell them to sell a stock. You should never tell them to buy a stock. Rather, you just say, hey, uh, maybe you just tell them what you did, and if they want to join, that's cool. But not not to shill your own friends or not to um, uh, you know uh, cond- not what is it condone? No, maybe don't make fun of your friends to sell or don't make fun of any position that they're in to sell. It's just not the thing to do um, to promote a, like a healthy trading environment, uh, right? You need to surround yourself with neutral people that believe that, you know, maybe you should take profits and let some ride or like, you know, some people might speculate, hey, this could be a little bit bubbly and you might want to just factor that into when you want to take out money, but I'm not going to tell you to actually sell this stock because, you know, I don't want to be that person to tell you to sell when it just keeps going higher and higher. Um, so that's just a little bit of, you know, my soft skills advice when you're, you know, talking to friends or, you know, just guiding people that might be newer to you. If they are in an awesome cost basis, uh, just tell them about all the cool times where you've taken a profit maybe uh, and the stock then tanked the next week. Or tell them like the times where it did work out, where you know the, your cost basis was super sick and you realize, hey, you know what, I'll put a sell trigger for if the stock goes down 20%. Uh, otherwise, I'll just keep holding. And maybe the stock never goes down a whole 20% and you have an awesome cost basis a whole year later. Right? There's so many different ways to think about um, you know, sharing advice or giving advice. 
that I feel like people just rush to be the prophet, and that's, and by prophet I mean like a seer or like so a guru. I don't mean like prophet in terms of like profit loss, like being a prophet. Like you don't need to, like, be the future teller or fortune teller. You just need to be that listening ear or, um, I don't know, that person that just shares his or her own experiences. Okay, and with all that said. Right now, I find a very hard case um, to be bearish. Um, not making fun of bears and not making fun of people that buy puts because you can buy puts responsibly and you can be bearish uh, and still be neutral, right? You can choose to not trade. You can maybe, you know, hedge your portfolio with a few puts as long as it's like within 1% to 5% and not making an actual play. Um, but right now, it's very hard justifying why we would correct again. Um, with the vaccine being out, right, you can always twist news to be negative. The vaccine doesn't work. People are, you know, not following CDC guidelines with vaccines. People are getting sick on maybe the second dosage or all that stuff, or the economy is still being closed. Uh, but interest rates still remain uh, low, and there's no plan to really hike them for another whole year in 2022. Um and there is a case for like um like rsi is just blowing out the roof like tesla doesn't seem to like want to slow down um neo and all these ev stocks um seem to be going up there's a lot of focus on energy now especially since now we have a democratic uh president um wait did i say democrat no what, what's the word oh my goodness i'm flubbing it what is no a democratic president it's Dem democrats and republican duh okay um, so energy is cool, weed is cool now, um, and yeah, you have to think about what news can make things go down, and that's maybe the U.S. taking a stance on uh, just you know f policies. I wouldn't say foreign policies because you know that's that's up to the foreign countries to handle their own stuff. But this Jack Ma stuff is kind of scary, right? Like if you're investing into a Chinese stock. Ooh, who knows? Maybe Chinese, uh, the Chinese will like delist their companies from the American stock market, or all, any of that stuff. Uh, anything to do with foreign tensions is going to be the reason why we go down. At least that's from my standpoint. Um, coronavirus news. It would have to be very, very scary. It had. It has to be a super scary headline uh, for the market to react to anything. Uh, coronavirus related at least in my eyes because um, with all the vaccine news um, I feel like everyone's getting jaded by all the coronavirus stuff and you should absolutely take coronavirus seriously you should stay at home wear your mask you know if you go out and you know get your get your coronavirus checked in those free lines and stuff like do everything you can to protect one another and be just a good person but in terms of the stock market, which is what this podcast is about, this is not me putting my morals over you or whatever. This is strictly about the stock market. Uh, it's hard to be bearish. I don't see many reasons why we go down uh, besides that little scare that we had uh, on Tuesday. But uh, we'll see. Uh, stock futures open in like an hour and a half from when I'm recording this. Um, and yeah, it's just going to be really really hard to come up with a bearish case but uh read twitter enough read csnbc enough uh read wall street journal enough and you'll find bearish case somewhere but for now uh my sentiment for the market uh is up um and take that which what you will i hope that made sense um but don't just like go out and buy calls <laughs> uh you can you absolutely can don't let me stop you but don't let my word be the defining factor of you buy calls or not uh, this is just how I think the market will react or act for the very short term. Um, and yeah, I'm very optimistically bullish right now. Um, not buying calls myself, but I do uh, foresee the market trading flat or up for the rest of this month. Oakley 
Dokily, uh, want to give a quick shout out to Wheaton for this suggestion. Um, he's a patron of mine, and he suggested that uh, numbers should be right justified for better readability. And I agree. Um, having the decimals line up on the right side makes things a little bit easier to see, especially on your uh, stock profile. So that is now out. Um, if you go to your profile now on thetagang.com slash Juni or you know your username instead, uh, you're going to notice all the numbers have the decimal points lined up, which I think uh, will help a ton when you're just like trying to scan through, see maybe you know your biggest plays or just like scanning through numbers in general. Uh, it's a little bit easier on the eyes. And uh, you know, just before I go into the other website changes, I just want to say it's because of you guys and girls that tell me these things um, that make the website better, right? This is not always just my vision that I put into the website. A lot of it is, um, you know, suggestions that I get from email, that suggestions I see just like directly on the site, uh, suggestions I get through my DMs on Twitter, um, or, you know, any other uh, medium. Like I've, I've gotten live feedback from when I was building the wheel tracker in my Twitch. Uh, shout out to Brett. Um, haven't seen you in quite a while, by the way, Brett. But I uh, hope you're doing well. And uh, yeah, moving on. I also removed uh, the seconds from the timestamp on the trades on the front page. I thought they were just a little bit unnecessary, and it just you know it you know less things that you see is less cognitive load. So that's just nice. And then I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Half Halved uh, for mentioning that you know stocks were sorted uh, descending uh, by their symbol name. On your profile uh, and that was kind of just by accident uh, so I made it a little bit more purposeful and I sorted all your open stock trades uh, to the top uh, again just you know a small suggestion that was voiced um, by a friend of mine and uh, yeah just making the platform better uh, every day um, one more note and just as more motivation for those that are working on their own thing do I want to make these changes uh, you know sometimes I do uh, Sometimes I just want to relax after having a bad day, but uh, having a good method where you know you dedicate maybe ten minutes of your time uh, to you know dedicating to fixing things or just at least booting into whatever you need to do or maybe getting your work environment set up. You know, maybe it's just pottery, maybe it's like you cooking a new thing for your meal prep business, or maybe it's just you writing the ingredients that you want to shop for the next day. Sending out like ten minutes. For whatever you're doing every day will keep you motivated it's when you take that break after doing something like you know that won't even really amount to anything imagine if you just did wrote your ingredients that you could get out um and make for your moo <laughs> prep business meal prep business and you just never went to go get the ingredients right because you you just spent all this time researching all of these foods um and you write the ingredients down, but you decide the next day, you know what, you're just too lazy, you'll get it sometime next week, and you never go get the ingredients, and you never get to start cooking. Um, a lot of that is, you know, relatable to anything that you do. Um, in software too, like, if you don't, if you never boot up or go into your terminal, like, you're never gonna change it or, you know, iterate on anything. Um, and a lot of the, you know, friction that comes to working on your own things uh, derive from just the boot up process of everything writing your ingredients or going into your terminal or putting on your shoes to go run or anything you need to put yourself in the situation that you can you know progress you can't just push things off all the time especially if you want to do something but last point if you're cool with not doing anything or you know if you just want to play games or you just want to watch some shows on netflix that is cool too but this advice is just for the people that actually want to do something uh, more productive. I don't want to say that watching shows is doing nothing because honestly, like people work really hard and just might want to relax or you know you want to spend time with your partner. That's totally fine. But again, for the people that want to be um, have a project or something and you want to keep the fire going, you need to work on it every day, no matter how little time. But I just recommend ten minutes. Okay, um, 
I am going to start a series on having a certain portfolio size and um, I guess this will be somewhat of a rough draft of whatever I might do on YouTube if this is the type of style that I want to uh, come out on YouTube with. Um, today's episode is having the best trading style or what is the best trading style for a portfolio that is roughly 5k or less. Um, just to preface this uh, episode, um, I, Juni, started uh, my beta game journey with 3k. Uh, and whenever people ask me, hey Juni, how much money should I have before I start doing beta game strategies? I always point towards 5k being the very bare minimum. 10k I think is a very solid start. Like very, very solid. You can do a lot of really cool responsible plays at 10k, but we'll get to that episode later. Having 5k and below puts me at a place where I'm trying to help you in a weird spot because I don't quite know if you have your IRA maxed out, which we'll talk about in this episode as well. And uh, if you're constantly putting money, hoping to grow this account from just uh, contributions up to a 10k portfolio, or if you're trying to turn this 5k portfolio into a 100k portfolio, then this is absolutely not the episode for you, right? Um, I want to promote having uh, good responsible habits, like artificially growing your portfolio by contributing to it like every week with a weekly deposit so that you could take better probability profit trades at a later stage when you finally get there. Um, but we'll get into that, but that's just the preface for this video or <laughs> for this podcast episode. Okay, so I'm going to get all the responsible stuff out of the way first and just to, um, you know, just for future reference, I won't be mentioning these this stuff nearly as much uh, in the later series where I'm talking about a 10K portfolio or like a 30 to 99K portfolio and then finally like the 100K plus portfolio. Um, so the very first thing um, that you wanna make out for yourself is like what you're trying to do. If you have a 5K portfolio and you're eager to do all these different strategies, you need to figure out like, uh, are you, in a position where you want to learn, like is learning a huge thing? Um, and that might, you know, have your logic tree go into, oh, should I paper trade or should I trade with a small amount of money and learn there, uh, which I have thoughts about too. Um, or is your goal to grow the 5K portfolio and never contribute to it again and have it grow to a 10K portfolio and then go from there? Or is your goal to you know follow a path similar to mine where you have a 3K portfolio and then you contribute to it weekly with like a $500 weekly deposit that because you know you have a job and you are a responsible human being um, and you grow your portfolio that way while you know also learning with smaller trades right you're not yoloing your entire account per trade and then reloading with your paycheck rather you're responsibly trading and then uh, putting more money in your account so you can trade even more responsibly with better probability profits later uh, the very first step to get this all situated and out of the way especially if you are the learner type um, if you only have $5,000, uh, you should consider putting your money into an IRA account uh, where your money will grow with the market. An IRA is an investment retirement account, right? It's something like that. <laughs> um, and it's tax-free. So you put your money in. Yeah, you can't take it out for a while. Um, but what the best thing for my mindset was at the time was that because I can and the contribution limit is 6k it's, it's such a good deal that the government has to put a limit on it otherwise everyone would just slam money into it and there, there would be a problem there uh, and that's why it's such a good deal right um, putting the money in the IRA and then blowing up your options portfolio is way less worse than blowing your options portfolio and never having any money grow with the market a lot of the triggering factors or the tilting factors um, when trading comes from feeling like you're not keeping up with the person that uh, you know invested into an ally savings account and they're beating you, right? And this is especially important uh, to have a IRA because if you're learning in your learning account by buying puts at certain like tops, um, you're going to feel that every time you lose on a put, 
uh, that you've just lost money, but rather now you can start thinking about like, okay, at least my IRA went up. And that's a, a very, very primitive way to think about it. But these are just some of the little things that helped me uh, keep my learning portfolio as a learning portfolio. Then as my weekly contributions uh, picked up um, and I got more confident, uh, then that learning portfolio turned into like my options portfolio and I started actually just going all in with all these different strategies um, that have worked out for me for the 2020 year. So with that out of the way, um, assuming that you have an IRA, uh, then you have leftover money. And that money could be one to 5K, especially if you're a college student or maybe you're a high school student, you have one to 5K after your IRA contribution for the year. Um, the best way to look at, um, you know, especially when you're doing theta gang style strategies that have a defined max loss. Um, I mean, I guess buying calls has its max losses too, or buying puts. Um, but this is just for the more responsible type that wants a better probability of profit where you're not, you know, necessarily timing things. Um, it's best to come up with a certain max loss you're okay with. And then going from there, uh, for a 5k portfolio, Imagine that you did 50 $100 max loss trades that can completely go to zero and you have 50 tries. Um, that is way ideal uh, than doing something where maybe you buy one leap for $4,000 or you, know, you buy four shares for $4,500 or something, right? I don't know what stock you'd be buying, maybe like Shopify or something. Um, while you know buying stock is cool and i always advocate for buying stock you have to understand like where what you're doing with this portfolio it could hold like stock and options but maybe dedicating some portion of portfolio to actually learn and expect to lose the money uh it's going to be really helpful for you um if you go under the assumption that you're going to lose every single trade uh any other outcome is a lot better and that's something that I've advocated um, in, in my discord too is that if you expect to lose the hundred dollar max loss uh, put credit spread or call credit spread that you're opening um, at the time of expiration any outcome where it doesn't hit max loss maybe you lose ninety seven dollars it's way better than losing a hundred dollars and uh, a lot of theta game style strategies excel uh, on the last few trading days Assuming that you know when you open these trades, uh, that they're gonna actually start off red, which is often uh, most of the time, right? A lot of people uh, that are newer to theta gain style strategies don't understand um, necessarily what goes into selling an option and uh, re what receiving good amount of premium is like, and having your max losses be uh, defined and having your dollar strikes, um, having your strikes be a dollar apart, is a really helpful way for you to tell when a deal is good. Imagine you sell a $100 um, max loss trade uh, with Tesla versus a $100 max trade on a company like 3M or um, I don't know, Honeywell or some, some stock that has a really low implied volatility. Then you're in a situation where you uh, come up with the, your own observation like, hey, you know, this $100 max loss Tesla put credit spread uh, pays me a lot more than this 3M or Honeywell put credit spread. And then that leads you to ask the question like, oh, okay, so what goes into a volatile stock and why is it volatile? Is there a way that I can tell that the stock is volatile? Uh, and then uh, again, having a defined max loss that you're okay with, especially for like a 5K portfolio, then you mentally have a model where you can lose 50 times with the worst outcome possible. Uh, and then uh, you'll still be fine. Uh, meaning like, you, this is a learning portfolio you can afford to lose the 5k so i also want to just slow down and say that you shouldn't expect to lose 5k you know i can i can understand where people might have heard that last segment and just thought like wow okay so juni says to lose the 5k and then i'll be good to go from there and that that's totally not what i'm saying um what helped me in the very beginning of Theta Gang with my 3K account was knowing that because I had already invested in my IRA and I have other stocks that I'm just currently holding, um, that losing 3K at the very end of it for learning was not that bad. And from that mindset, a lot of the trades that I had opened 
that started off really red actually closed green and for a win. Um, when you first start Theta Game Style Strategies, I just talked about it, your trades are going to start off red because you're probably going to get a bad fill price. Uh, you're not going to know about slippage. You're not going to know about open interest. You're not going to know about volume. And you might get hosed on a few trades that you open from the get-go. Um, and from that moment on, you have to make the conscious choice to stick through your ideas. If you open a trade and you're okay with the max loss and you're okay with the premium that you're receiving, you should be okay with the trade just going all the way to zero because part of that premium that you pay or that you get paid for helps your max loss. Um, and closing out your losers too early and your winners too late is a huge problem when it comes to trading with a smaller portfolio because you're probably trading spreads. Um, and that's the ideal way to actually learn about dating and style strategies, especially when you start trading naked, um, AKA like you're not trading spreads anymore. You're trading like cash secured puts or cash covered puts or, you know, covered calls and all that, all that good stuff that has a much bigger probability profit. You're going to have a very, you're going to have a lot better of a understanding from trading a smaller portfolio with spreads by the time you get there. And that's also why I advocate for putting money into your account every week um, and not relying on strictly profit to grow your portfolio. Uh, that said, uh, there are a few things that I look for um, when I trade with when I traded with under a 5k portfolio. Um, if your platform has it, I like trading with the probability of profit being 70 to 80 percent. Um, I also learned that put credit spreads pay more often than call credit spreads, uh, at least during the time when I did it. I still have that same uh, bias uh, because I just generally believe that the market will trade flat or up. If you go to the SPY graph and you click on the all-time graph, the graph has only gone up maybe a few blips down, but that hasn't been a big two of an issue. Um, and then, uh, especially in the beginning, and this is the most crucial part, if you don't learn to take a loss correctly in the beginning, you're going to get got later. Um, imagine a scenario where you start losing trades um, and you don't learn to take the loss, but then you start getting a bigger portfolio and you still have the same habits and you're now having a 30K portfolio. And because you didn't get got in the beginning, meaning you didn't get your max loss scenario happening because you were closing your losers too early and all that good stuff um, or all that bad stuff. Now, when you have a bigger portfolio, you're gonna be tempted to say, oh, you know what, What what is rolling a trade? Let me see what rolling a trade is. And it's like, wow, so you're telling me I can be wrong and then win later? And if you don't have the habits of rolling or coming up with a system for you to roll early, you're going to get really got later because rolling is extremely dangerous and I never advocate it to anybody that's you know seeking help from me. It's like, rolling is deceptively good. Um, what you're deciding when you roll is you're closing your trade out for a loss early to get less premium uh, for your next trade with a worse probability of profit and uh, you're just setting yourself up to lose more than you originally planned and that's one of the key things that you need to stay out from is that whatever you do with a 5k portfolio has to be planned to a T. Maybe you're learning a few strategies but you have to keep within the confines of that strategy and not just like willy-nilly learn about a new hedging strategy and just say, okay, you know what? I'm gonna open 30 put credit spreads and then buy this one random at the money put that expires this week. Um, that type of mentality, while you know is commendable because you're just learning and you're going with the process, it can be easily misconstrued to be like part of a system, but that never existed in the first place, right? How many times have you tried a strategy and then abandon the strategy like two days later because the stock isn't going in your favor or the call isn't working, so um, you decide to close it early. This is a big problem for people that buy leaps. People buy leaps in the hopes that the the, the stock price will go up in a short time period, uh, and then when the stock just keeps going down or maybe like uh, like you know a sub percentage for the week, uh, they get demotivated and they close the leap for a loss when you could have just bought stock and been okay the entire time. Um, and just held that, but uh, because people um, are so bullish when they buy a leap, 
uh, especially a call, they're very bullish at the time when they buy it. And then, you know, the mood settles and then you start realizing, oh, you know what? I don't like that I'm losing money and I don't own the stocks and close this early. And, you know, telling newer traders with a 5K portfolio that, hey, you should buy leaps is not the correct thing to do. Like um, having a 5K portfolio, you need to learn as much as you can before your portfolio gets bigger. Um, if you want to buy stock with a 5K portfolio, that's on you. Um, if you want to only buy stock, that's great too. You can learn a lot by, from just buying stock. That was a lot of what I did um, in the beginning years of my trading. It worked out really well. But most importantly, just talking about the leap example, you have to be super realistic um, when it comes to making your goals, right? Imagine you buy a, uh, you buy a leap uh, for 4.5K. Remember, a leap is a call or put contract that uh, that has a th that has more than 365 days on it, um, and that's going to cost you a lot of money. It's going to cost you thousands of dollars. Um, you want your trading portfolio, uh, especially a small one like a learning portfolio, to be um, very uh, very liquid, right? Like imagine if you buy a leap and the stock price started going down. You bought a call leap. Uh, you can't double down. You you're not going to have another. $5,000, right? You're not gonna have another $4,500. You're not gonna have another $3,000. So you're kind of stuck and you're at the mercy of the market now. And that's never a good feeling. Say, for example, instead of buying that leap, you buy, um, you know, 10 shares and that maybe costs you like, I don't know, $2,000. Then if the stock price keeps going down, then maybe you buy another 10 shares uh, with the remaining of your portfolio. At least you have some sort of control in those scenarios. Um, but more, you know, just being more of a learner and you want to get into theta game style strategies, if you have 50 tries with a credit spread, a call or put credit spread, you can always be learning and have a good time and not feel like you're in the hole. Because as long as you don't open all 50 at once, you will always have more put credit spreads you can open, open when the stock price go, keeps going lower. Or, you know, maybe you learn about um, just stocks being in a bubble and you get really egotistical there and you start learning about call credit spreads and you put those on, you lose a little bit and you, you figure out like, okay, the stock market only keeps going up and then you go to put credit spreads like I did. Um, all of that is possible when you have a liquid portfolio. And this is just me, I guess, saying, don't go all in with any sort of strategy. Having the $100 max loss per credit spread for a 5K portfolio lets you do it 50 times. If you, for whatever example, you're so used to Wall Street bets types of trading, maybe you are the type of person to spend like $2,000 on like a good amount of calls. Oh, thank you for the uh, tier sub. Um, real quick, I, <laughs> I'm, by the way, I'm, re I'm recording this live on stream on Twitch at realthatingame.com. Um, if Dang it, I lost my place. Let me let me take a pause here <laughs> and I'll continue on. Okay, so as I was saying, if you are the person to um, have traded like Wall Street Bet style and you're used to like these $1,000 fluctuations, then when you start theta game style trades, you're going to notice that like, hey, you know what? Um, why don't I make five trades with a max loss of $1,000? So I do five put credit spreads or five call credit spreads um, for this 5K portfolio that I have. And that's only going to let you have, you know, roughly five tries. And this is where kind of like the, you need to start thinking about what you want to do with your small portfolio is, do you want it to, do you want to learn? Or do you want to make money and be a little bit more risky? There's always that balance that needs to be struck. Um, what I did personally, and this is what worked for me, and I'm able to say it this confidently because I have proof at thetagame.com slash Juni, is I kept my max losses super small so that I can afford to watch my trades that started off bad get even worse and have a mentality of, okay, of my fifth, or for me, I had 3K. So of my 30 trades that I can do, if this trade, if my first trade closed for a loss, a max loss, I can do this 29 more times and I'm okay, I'm having fun and I'm learning. If for whatever reason, you know, I kept up Wall Street bets uh, like habits, and I said, you know what, I want hundreds of dollars of premium for my trade, so I'm gonna do five put credit spreads. If I lost that first one, if I started losing on that first one, I'm looking at like a $500 loss. I might think like, okay, you know what, I'll close this one early. 
um, before the max loss gets hit or before it can turn green. And uh, I'll open this new uh, put credit spread on this new meme stock that I saw. And that's going to mess you up even more because now you're just chasing uh, profit while losing because you're closing your winners too, or you're closing your losers too early before they could turn into winners. Because that's the entire point of like dating style trades, right? Is that as time goes on, it puts more pressure on the person on the other side of the trade to win. Um, and if just to make it a magic analogy, uh, like theta gang is like the blue white control of like options trading. Or if you are into fighting games, it's like the guile of Street Fighter. Or like it's always, or if you're into Dota, it's like you playing Spectre. Right, you put the pressure on the other team or person to win, and uh, if nothing happens, then you win. Right, that's that's what I love about the um, game style strategies. It, it puts pressure on the other person while I relax, and that's you know more or less like a hyperbole because I'm not really relaxing because my Nvidia shares got called away when I didn't mean to them get called away. But you roll with the punches, uh, and as long as you practice and you plan for it, you'll be okay. And I hope uh, the things I've said uh, hits a hits a heartstring on a good note. I don't mean to make fun of anybody that has too small a portfolio in case if I ever did sound like that in this podcast. Um, I just want to also you know say that I don't know um, well, first of all, I don't know a lot of things, but I don't know whether or not this is a good idea now. Like, you know, what worked for me one time is not something for me to say that this is going to work for everybody. Um, I'm a very, um, I use the word disciplined instead of good right here um, because I'm a very disciplined person. If I set myself out to do something, I'll do it. This goes along with the 10 minute a day thing for the project, blah, 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 blah. But this goes for learning. I used my 3K portfolio to learn as best as I could and I stuck with my 100 to 100, $250 max loss so I could learn as much as I can while I was building up my portfolio. And uh, I'm just one example of living proof that if you trade responsibly, uh, you can still get to a, you know, a sizable account. Um, you know, sizable is very relative. I think it's sizable because I worked really hard to get here and I'm really proud of what I've done. Um, but, you know, whatever your number is, whatever your goal is, you can do it responsibly. You don't need to buy calls. You don't need to buy puts. Um, you can choose to sell puts. You can choose to sell options, whatever. But you can do it responsibly. Um, and I think that's it. I haven't talked about accounting for max loss in a, like in a direct way where I just say accounting max loss is this. Um, but I think I've done a good job of like talking about it indirectly. Um, if you assume, and this is the last point that I wanna say, if you have a $100 max loss on 50 trades, what is one max loss compared to the rest of your 49 trades that you could potentially do after learning from your max loss? That is huge, right? You have one mistake and then now you have 49 tries to make up for it. Though, depending on how much premium you actually end up taking from the initial trade that you lost, you might need to win two or three more trades to break even from that loss. But that's where the fun part starts kicking in, is that can you start keep, or can you uh, break even after doing an X amount of trades? Like, it, you know, as time goes on with your 5K trades, as you're putting in more money into your account, um, you're going to do more and more trades you hit your like 20th trademark, right? You, you've done 20 put credit spreads or 20 call credit spreads, whatever, or a mix of between the two. And you notice that your account is still at 5K. Wow, you just did 20 trades that were somewhat directional that worked out in your favor enough to break even. Most people would say, maybe that's a loss. You know, we're, t we're talking about commissions too. So you're breaking even with commissions. So you have like a slight profit. Um, but if you're at 5K at the end of 20 trades, you're doing amazing. You definitely seem to know like how to pick options because it's very easy to lose no matter what side you are on, on options, right? It's very easy to lose. So you just breaking a 50-50 and then gaining all the knowledge from what you've had for uh, those 20 trades that we were talking about is going to set you off on a really good foot for when you eventually grow your account to say 10K, which is what the next episode will be about. So that's it. I will stop rambling and uh, I will see uh, everybody in the outro. I hope everyone with a 5K or less portfolio uh, chalks it up to be, uh, or chalks up to be very responsible for 2021. 
and that um, yeah, you can do it slowly and responsibly, and it's a marathon, not a race. Okay, you can follow me on Twitch at Real Theta Gang, and you can follow me on Twitter at Real Theta Gang, and you can email me at juni at thetagang.com. Theta Gang is proudly partnered with Tastyworks, and signing up with the Theta Gang referral code is a huge help. Uh, that's Theta Gang, one word, all caps. If you've already used the Theta Gang referral code, let me know. Email me at juni at thetagang.com, and I'll go and set you up with everything. Um, otherwise, uh, yeah, feel free to use it. It helps me a lot, uh, helps keep the website alive, um, and all that good stuff. Uh, and also want to give a brief thank you to everyone that signed up on Patreon um, because all Patreon seats are sold out. I feel super blessed, uh, and thank you for supporting me. There are no um, immediate plans to open any more tiers. Um, you're just going to need someone to leave in order to get a spot now. Um, so, yeah, again, thank you to everyone that's uh, been supporting me this far. There's, there's a lot of people that have been supporting me for months, and I honestly recognize every single other month that uh you guys and girls stay on and it's just a really it's just a really cool feeling that like even though you know how to trade you know how to do everything but yet you still stay on maybe it's the community maybe it's for me maybe it's a mix of both and all that good stuff but um yeah just feel super blessed also feel super grateful because uh this podcast it was recorded live um and my power went out and uh, I had thought I just lost 45 minutes of recording, but I didn't, thank God. Um, and uh, yeah, Windows was able to recover my project from Audacity. So that is an amazing feeling that I will ride for the rest of the day. Um, and yeah, I want to go into my uh, patrons list saying a quick thank you. And the quick thank you goes to Majadir, Justwin, Mike D, Slow Motion, Jay ZN, Miko, Steve Ounce, Yimo Sin, PFM, DJ Mac 86. Let me back it up real quick. PFM, I remember um, helping me with the email stuff um, back when I had lots of trouble with people not getting emails. Again, uh, I believe I shouted you out before, but just a huge thank you for people that give me um, advice like that. Uh, he gave me very technical details of how to fix my problem and he knew exactly where the problem was and it's very commendable that you would do that um for a stranger on the internet but again thank you so much um dj mac 86 pacro boop mitch brady um hsn iv craig thomas gj wilson um multi matt ump <laughs> statistically random tom Thomas, bk trade big potato um, WHH4000, Island Bell, Wheaton, Licknaw, Lure, Cheese, Matt, Maltman, Chivonis, NM, M. Hayden, La Little, M. MBK, LHN, Meadow Dum Dum, Ground Pound 95, Casino, uh, Leo Jetson, Fancy Wolf, Nate the River, Justin It, Murph Q, Norfis, Bat Trader, Chicken Dinner, Desencia, Saltwater Cure, Lord Skeletor, Lazy Reservist, The Jester, Crispy Cream Boy. Shout out to Crispy Cream Boy. For having one of the best profiles on ThetaGang.com, this is your plug that I've been holding on to for quite a while. But honestly, what you've um, what you've accomplished last year and the beginning of this year is very commendable, especially since I knew you from the day that you didn't know anything about options, uh, and you randomly hit me up one day to uh, uh, to learn. And yeah, it's just super sick. Um, you are the poster child of uh, you know finding your own system because I believe you buy calls now, um, but you do it with a plan and I love that. Um, Hermes, Kaput, uh, Rustier, Shifty, AG, and Ensys88. Oh, okay. So that about wraps up a podcast episode. Uh, I have a few people in the chat right now. Um, I just want to give a quick shout out to you, but I feel bad because I had just had like probably double the amount of people right now. Um, but you know, they must've thought I just ended the stream and then just left. Um, but, uh, I guess I'll just shout out the people that are here. I just want to give a shout out to people on Twitch. That's arms, legs, hands, feet, uh, being Cortana, Canada, Jeebus, casino. Thanks. Uh, 
Lidara, Idilara, uh, Just Win, uh, Marcus Den, Saltwater Kier, Waffle Cow, and Wild Chicken Dew. Um, yeah, this is really fun. I haven't done one of these live streams in quite a while, and, and I don't think I'm going to do it every week. I felt like that was a little bit too much, um, but I enjoyed my time today. I'm very thankful for the people that showed up. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll go into the 1% stuff. What are, what are we going to talk about? Um, let's see. Uh, actually, I don't, I don't think I have anything. I don't have any news on Pokemon stuff. Uh, I'm not in the Pokemon market anymore. I'm just holding on to my Magic Gathering stuff. Uh, skateboarding, I have not skateboarded in probably like five days because of a really bruised hip, but now I feel better, so maybe I'll go skateboard after this. Um, Tekken, uh, been playing a little bit of Tekken. I'm, I am a um, mentor now. That's the rank. What else is going on? In Dota, I'm owning it up right now, a Tidehunter. Um, let's see, what else, what else? Uh, Fishing-wise, I have not caught anything in like two months. <laughs> It's been a it's been a long time since I've caught something. Um, also, just seeing Magic fans and Dota fans in chat makes me feel pretty good. Um, you know, it just goes to show like all my little Magic references at the end of these is really catching on. Um, maybe also just say it in the chat too. But regardless, fun stuff. Um, uh, oh, I guess for staying on at the very end to this far um, on Monday. Uh, I believe Monday, uh, we'll be crossing 10,000 users. So that's going to be a pretty cool tweet that I'm going to be sending out. Lots of good feels, and that should set up a really cool um, Tuesday live stream at 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. Uh, yeah, cool. I'm going to end on a good note. Uh, that's it. So I'll see everybody on the Tuesday live stream at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Otherwise, just have a great trading week. And remember, just to trade responsibly. The year just started, so there's no reason for you to like do anything too drastic. And uh, whatever you decide to do, regardless of whatever I say, uh, will work out as long as you are responsible. Bye.